This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. What's up, what's up? Real MVPs, Ricky Woodmer here, along with the Mark Webber. Dub the knees. And we are back for another edition of the Onside Kick right here on Most Valuable Podcast. Everything NFL here for MVP. Got a jam-packed show for you guys again. I know Mark is in a happy mood um, yeah. because your Bears just keep winning. And if, uh, well, NFC North champs here. Yeah, well, Feels pretty did, good. They did clinch. They did. Plus, they... Have done something that you're not used to in a long time. Beat the Packers, beating the Packers. Actually, they beat the Packers uh, on Brett Favre night. A couple I'm just years, I'm, years ago. I'm making a Lovey joke. It was great because Lovey was like, "Hey, we're gonna beat the Packers," and then he never beat the Packers. He uh, probably did once or twice. <laughs> not enough, and that's why yeah. he got fired as the head this coach. This is actually of the, Bears. the uh, first time the Bears have had ten wins since Lovey Smith. Yeah, got fired. That's what you were saying. Like, yeah. you made that tweet. And we've got a jam-packed show. Got to mention that. We're going to be talking AFC wild card race, Mark. Uh, the Colts and the Titans not going to make it easy good race. on the Ravens. We're also going to look at the L.A. Rams, who are above your Chicago Bears. And Just if barely they're, clinging on. If their fan base should be worried. And then before we make our picks, we're going to look at the uh, Denver Broncos and Vance Joseph. Because it's getting to that time where we are, what? It would be technically, oh, this is Tuesday, so... One, yeah, we're two weeks away from Black Monday in the NFL where all those coaches get fired. And then we talk we're about have a jam-packed new show that day. jobs um, that will be opening up because there could be a few of them. We're going to look at Vance Joseph because that could be a job that opens up. Before we get into everything, make sure to check out our Patreon page down below in the description. Thank you to Soapy Muffin, our newest patron. He even commented on too old the game said that That's his name like hear. could be a whole segment on its own. I've already asked you if you would eat a soapy muffin, I would so not. I don't have to ask you again. Make sure to also you can support the channel by getting yourself an MVP t-shirt either down below in the description or at mostvaluablepodcast.com where you can catch MVP each and every day. And then last but not least, please go and rate and review us on iTunes. Do you think we got a new one this week? Because I'm going to do the same thing I do for the primetime podcast. Do you want me to answer my actual answer, or uh, do you want me to say yes for the camera? Uh, I'm going to say yes for the camera. Uh, I said yes for the camera. It was a no. Our only one has been by King B. Lang, and he said, great show. Give us a five-star rating. Thanks, bud. You can have your rating or your rated review read here on the Onside Kick. Go and rate and review us at iTunes and Apple Podcasts. But, Mark, let's jump into the show. First thing we're going to take a look at is this AFC wildcard race. Because this past week, we had a couple games go down. We had the Colts shut out the um, Dallas Cowboys. We had the Tennessee Titans do the same thing to an NFC East team. They shut out the New York football Giants. And then on top of it, the Ravens, they go ahead and beat the NFC South Tampa Bay Buccaneers 20-12. to all three getting wins, all three at eight and six, fighting for that sixth spot in the AFC wildcard. And the question that I want to ask you to start the podcast is the two teams looking out, the Colts and the Titans, will they be able to do enough to catch the Baltimore Ravens in this wildcard race? So here's my thought with this one. Uh, my thought is it doesn't necessarily matter. It doesn't matter. Right? And and here's why. So for, for Week 16, looking at these teams, I mean, 
the toughest matchup for all of these teams is going to be the Baltimore Ravens versus the Chargers, mm-hmm. right? Because this yeah, that game is going to be incredibly important for the Ravens. Mm-hmm. They want to win that game because if they win that game, they're pretty smooth well, sailing. And the Chargers as well because if the Chargers win and the Seahawks can beat the Chiefs, the Chargers get home field or become the team that has home field advantage yep. throughout the playoffs. And that's going to be a tough one for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's going to be a very important game. But it, for me, it's especially important because I look at a different team that we didn't necessarily mention. Mm-hmm. That's the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're going to play the Saints this week. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, but there's a good chance they're going to lose to the Saints this week because it's at New Orleans, very tough to play in the Dome, mm-hmm. very challenging. If the Ravens win... And the uh, the Steelers lose. All the Ravens got to do again, once again, win next week. Because if they win out these two games, they win the division, mm-hmm. say goodbye to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm-hmm. So they they really have some crucial parts. But when it comes to the Colts, when it comes to the Titans, I'm a little nervous about the Titans being able to make this impact uh, and be able to win these games to go forward. And part of the reasons I say that is like, yes, they're going to play the Washington Redskins this week, and they should win that game. But they're going to play the Colts, the other team in this conversation, for mm-hmm. Week 17. Well, and that's why I'm going to say this is what I'm thinking in my head. And I, I agree with you. Like, it's, it's really can they catch the Ravens slash Steelers? Because mm-hmm. um, the Steelers do find themselves in this situation because of who they play. Let's say the Steelers lose. That would make them 8-6-1. and one. If both the Colts and Titans win, that will put them at 8-6, and six, or 9-6. and six. That means that they are, I believe, a half game then ahead of the Steelers it should be because of that tie. 8-6-1 and one lower than the 9-6. and six. So... Really, to me, what it comes down to is first the Ravens need to win because if they win, they can kind of lock up or almost lock up the AFC North. But really, all the Colts and Titans need to do is win. And then in my mind, what's going to happen is Week 17, I was wrong on the game, but I knew Mm -hmm. it was going to be a divisional opponent. I thought that the NFC North would be a little bit tighter AFC or, or NFC. I thought that the Bears Vikings. Oh, okay. Way back, I said mm-hmm. that that's going to be the game to get flexed into primetime. With the Bears winning that game, probably not. What'll happen though is if either the Ravens lose this week or the Steelers lose this week, all the Colts and Titans have to do is win, and that game, Colts Titans Week Seventeen, will be our Sunday night game to see who gets into the playoffs. And looking at these two teams, like the tweet that I had lined up from your boy, our boy, um, Shane O'Mac on Twitter, he hit me up and said, the Colts team really impressed me today, especially the defense, 23-0 and over the Cowboys. And it looks like this team is clicking at the right time because the big question we had before the year about the Colts is – What are they going to look like with Andrew Luck being back? Are they going to have enough? Are they going to have a run game? Well, now you got Mack kind of leading that run game for them. And then you have the Titans. We didn't really – the big question was how are they going to look in Mike Vrabel's first year? Mm -hmm. And 
I know there's going to be Titan fans out there that say, well, guys, you shouldn't have had that question. We were a playoff team last year. There's no surprise that we should be here this year. But Mm -hmm. both of these teams had so many questions between us at the beginning of the year, and now they find themselves in a position to make the playoffs and be a wildcard team. Yeah, and I actually said that the Titans, if I'm remembering correctly, Mm -hmm. and those were old predictions, so we got to look back. I think I had the Titans squeezing their way into the playoffs. Mm -hmm. First round, getting knocked out, but hey, that's a different story. Well, and I'm even, I'm Mm -hmm. thinking like when... Vrabel got hired, yeah, and we talked about Mike Vrabel. Yeah, and to me, it was very much a, I don't know how I feel. I'm not against mm-hmm. this, but I'm not for it. I'm I'm really uncertain. i got to wait and see some yeah. things. Um, but the thing for, for me when it comes to Tennessee Titans is simply that when they win, they look great. Mm-hmm. And when they lose— They look bad. They look really bad. <laughs> so, like, you know, it's just difficult. This is a team— uh, that I'm never 100% sure. Sometimes the offense mm-hmm. is barely getting by. Other times the offense is running you know, very smoothly and everything looks great. You know, Derrick Henry's kind of come off so well lately that things are looking really good with that run game. But Marcus Mariota is not really giving a ton of production of what mm-hmm. you'd love to see. And with Corey Davis, too. He's starting to kind of come into it, but we're still waiting to see just a little bit well, more out of Corey Davis. Let's be honest. The one giving this offense for the Titans that kind of boost late the last two weeks is Derrick Henry. Exactly. Like I I said to Brandon on What's Your Fantasy is the last two weeks, ever since that Jaguar game, mm-hmm. he's kind of looked like Derrick Henry from Alabama, not the Derrick Henry that we've seen consistently in Tennessee. Yeah. And and that's going to be a big advantage against the Redskins, obviously, mm-hmm. but against the Colts, too. I mean, you know, the Colts are a team that's going to be a lot more offensive, uh, offensively focused than defensively focused. So a, a strong run game like that on Derrick Henry, not only is it going to help you against that, but it's also going to help keep Andrew Luck off the field. And you were right, by the way. You did have the Titans as the sixth seed. thought so. You had New England, Baltimore, uh, L.A., the Chargers, um, Jacksonville, Pittsburgh, and Tennessee were your preseason and you know what? playoff team. I wanted to keep Jacksonville out of the playoffs so badly, and I decided not to do it. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, no, no, they're not going to pull a Jacksonville. I mean, and I they had, did. I had Jacksonville as my first seed. I had Jacksonville, New England, Pittsburgh, Denver, L.A., and Indianapolis. So the thing with this one, mm-hmm. and it's kind of, I feel it in the conversation even here, is before the season, I was a little bit higher on the Colts. Yeah, You were a little bit higher on the Titans. Titans. And for me... The thing that I wonder with this Colts team is I wonder if it's the old adage that we've that we hear from time to time, but maybe not really because of Andrew Luck. But how many times have you heard it with teams where it's like, you know what, you could even say it about the Bears this year, where it's like you expect one thing, they outplay those expectations, maybe get to a playoff, win mm-hmm. a playoff game. And then you got the fan base thinking like, well, you know what? We weren't supposed to be here. We weren't supposed to be on this trajectory. Now it changes our trajectory a little bit and our projections heading into the next year. I think back to like the Cubs when we made that first run from wild card to NLCS. Oh, we lost to the Mets. It's okay. We weren't supposed to be here. The next two years, though, Mm -hmm. we then expected to be there because of what we have done. Like, this could be that start for Mm -hmm. both of these two teams. The Colts mainly because of bolstering that defense and getting the young 
offensive linemen they got in the draft last year. And, and just to look at it with uh, what can happen, I mean, mm-hmm. you got a team like the Jaguars that have been bottom feeders for years, all of a sudden have a good season. Yep. And unfortunately for the Jaguars, they went right back to being bottom feeders. Mm-hmm. Uh, but things can change fast. And Frank yeah. Reich, it took a little bit, but he got this team going. He mm-hmm. got Andrew Luck moving again. You know, they figured out a run game, uh, at least enough of a run game. Mm-hmm. They've done what they needed to do to finally get this team moving in the correct direction. Uh, it took a little bit, but you know what? Well, it doesn't they matter. Started out one and five. Yeah, it doesn't matter what the beginning of the season is. What matters mm-hmm. is at the end. Ask the New York Football Giants. Yeah, you know you can go on a roll and go out there and win the playoffs and, and win the Super Bowl. And that's the thing that I'm going to say of why, if I had to put my money on it, I would mm-hmm. say the Colts get in over the Titans right now. And the reason I say that is, yes, the Titans have been on a little bit of a win streak. Yes, they had, after they went 3-4, and four, coming out of the bye, they got wins over Dallas, who, let's be honest, wasn't the same Dallas team um, that we were seeing then after yep. they got Amari Cooper. I believe that was Cooper's first game with the Cowboys. They got a win already at home against New England. But then you look at it. They lose to the Colts in Indianapolis. They lose to Houston at Houston. And the last three games we've seen, close game, but they beat the Jets. They blew out Jacksonville, who hasn't been good this year. They shut out New York, who hasn't been good. But the one thing that I will say, and I'll give Tennessee their credit for, they basically shut down Saquon Barkley, which no team has Mm -hmm. been able to do this year. So I give them props for that, although... I kind of shoot them with the negative because the Giants have not been the greatest team this year. That I wonder if this Titan team, that it'll be this week, they beat the Redskins no problem because let's be honest, I even thought the Redskins got lucky last week getting the win that they did, having that what that pass like bounce around and then get thrown back into like their own guy's hands where mm-hmm. it should have been intercepted. And I just feel like that'll be a win on a Saturday game. And then we get to week 17, and a team like Indianapolis, who we've seen after going 1-5, and five, yeah, you could say that their schedule hasn't been the easiest as well. Buffalo, but like Buffalo's a weird team that's played up to teams and then's played down. Like, yeah, Oakland's kind of easy. You got two Jacksonville games with that one Jacksonville game being a 6 to nothing loss. Miami hasn't been that good, but they've also shut out Dallas and have beaten Houston in Houston as well. I wonder if it's going to be Titans win easily this week, week 17, Colts get the win over the Titans. Yeah, and that's kind of what I got going on. I mean, for for me, I have mm-hmm. in week 16, I'm going to assume that both these teams are probably going to going to win these games. I mean, Titans can beat the Redskins, Colts mm-hmm. can easily beat the Giants. I'm not concerned about either one of those. The two teams get to play each other, so that's the big one. Uh, but for me, what makes a big difference is for week 16, I'm going to have, I'll say it right now, the Ravens I have winning out from these last two games. Okay. For, for week 17, really? oh yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> they've got a lot to play for because for that, I mean, for the, for the, but they got a tough schedule. They do. Well, they have a tough week 16. I'm going to say that week 17 game, the Browns are going to come to play. 
It's at home, though. I'm not but, that concerned about but that. The, the Browns are not the Browns this year. The Browns are Correct, a little bit different. But the Browns don't have... I'm sit, sitting here looking at it like the Ravens know we have to win these two mm-hmm. games or we're not in the playoffs. And Baker is going to be looking to spoil. That's the that's the wild card to me. Yeah, but Baker and the Browns are inconsistent, so I'm not that worried. Mm-hmm. I think the Ravens are a better team. For me, the reason I put them over the Chargers is going to come over for the fact of, you know, when it comes to playing for seeding, you're talking about upsets and being the spoiler. Mm-hmm. The Ravens really want to be that spoiler, but they also know they have to win this game. So even though it's in, even mm-hmm. though it's away from Baltimore, that's being a spoiler. Okay, that's being a true, genuine spoiler. And I I think that the Colts get in. I think that the Ravens have a better chance of getting in right now than the Steelers do. Nice. I'm looking at it. I'm going to be on the other side of it. I'm going to look at here real quickly. I just want to see with the Bengals because they've been a team that early on in the year I heard so many things from yep. their fan base and have not heard them since they went 4-1. and one. Let's see. I, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to go with it. Here's going to be my prediction. I'm going to say that Titans Titans go 1-1. One and one. They beat the Redskins, lose to the Colts. Yep. The Colts win out in their next two. They're going to beat the Giants this week and beat the Titans week 17. The Ravens... I'm going to have the Ravens lose. I'm going to be bold. They're going to lose both games. They're going to lose. The Chargers are the game for sure that I know that I feel strong that they're going to lose. But it's that Cleveland game. I look at it. And this Cleveland team, I just I feel like Baker Mayfield is not going to go out just lying on his back. That that is going to be a close game. Cleveland, I know it was in Cleveland. I know it was with... Joe Flacco, not Lamar Jackson. They only won in overtime 12-9 against that Cleveland team. Those divisional games are usually close. I'm going to say that Pittsburgh, to me, has a better chance to make the playoffs over the Baltimore Ravens. Well, not make the playoffs, win the division. Because the thing that will be interesting is, so let's see, um, Colts would be 10-6. and six. The Ravens would be eight and eight. The Titans would be nine and seven. That would mean that if so, if the Titans go one and one, Colts go two and zero, oh, Ravens go zero oh and two, and the Steelers go one and one, that would mean the Steelers would win the North. And if I'm not mistaken, both the Colts and the Titans would get into the playoffs over the Ravens. So I mean, to me, there's a small possibility of that even happening for Baltimore, that they lose against the Chargers, get upset by the Browns, and then they're looking on the outside I don't looking think, in. I don't think both those teams can get in. Well, it would be the Ravens would be 8-8. Eight and eight. The doesn't matter because of the Chargers and the Texans and New England. No, well, oh, you're right. So it would, yeah. be, it would be the Colts. Only one of these in. teams right. can get in. Then it would yeah. be the Colts. It would be the Colts that would get in because they would be at ten and six. I completely forgot um, that the Chargers would. The Chargers to me, like I forget that. Chargers, because, and don't you forget about well, us? No, it's it's like that thing where like last week everyone's like, "Oh, Ricky, don't you know the tiebreakers?" Well, I wasn't thinking about the tiebreaker because mm-hmm. the Chargers to me at eleven and three, I just think of them as a divisional team. Like, oh, they're going to be a division. It's like, no, the Chiefs are ahead of them. So the Colts would get into the playoffs. Ravens and Titans would be out. Steelers would be. I think yeah. that there's, although if I had to put my money on it, I would say Ravens go one and one, Steelers go um, one and one. 
I think there's a better chance, or a higher chance, I'll say, of the Ravens losing both of their games before the Steelers lose both of theirs. I'm just feeling that uh, Lamar action Jackson. <sighs> Which is weird because I was him. really high on him coming out of the He's draft. He's looking real good. And I believe, weren't you one that questioned him? I didn't necessarily question him. I just loved the joke above uh, him being a wide receiver. But I do have my concerns about mobile quarterbacks. Wouldn't run the 40. Wouldn't run the 40. (laughs) And then the first time he goes out there and plays, what's he do? Runs all over the field. Mm -hmm. Boy, he still is running all over the field. Like That's a big concern with them is that people are saying, like Michael Vick has even come out and said, you can't do that. Like There's analysts that are like, doesn't he know that RG3 is literally – on the bench because the same thing happened to him. RG3 is like, you keep running, boy. You keep running. <laughs> you keep running because you're going to get, get my day. So, just to finalize it, yep. you're saying that with your playoff teams, the Ravens win the division. Yep. And then the Titans get in? Nope. The, the Colts. Colts. Okay. So, you have Ravens winning the division, Colts getting in, where I'm going to say Steelers do enough to win the division, and then the Colts get in for the. Um, yeah, Colts are going to get in because they're going to win both of their two games in mind. This is where you guys come in. Let us know what you guys think down below in the comment section. What do you think with these teams? What's going to happen? Even throw the Steelers in there because them and the Ravens are fighting for the AFC North still. Let us know what you think in the comment section. But, Mark, let's move on into our next topic. And what we are taking a look at is an NFC team now. This is a team that is one of the top two teams in the NFC, and that is the L.A. Rams. And I'm going to get right to it. I'm going to ask you. Yep. After the last three games, because although they beat Detroit, Jared Goff was a little shaky. After these last three games, the Lions, the Bears, the Eagles, is it time to worry about the Los Angeles Rams? I'm going to say yes to a degree. Okay. So I'm not saying that we need to hit the panic button and everybody needs to freak out. Mm. The Rams are all of a sudden terrible. Uh, they're not going to lose to the Cardinals. You know, uh, the 49ers, I think, can at least play them tough. But I I'm s- not going to sit there and say that they're probably going to lose to the 49ers. Yeah, I think they're going to win out. Yeah, but I do think the reason why the L.A. Rams should be a little bit concerned mm-hmm. is the fact that teams have basically figured out, oh, this is how you beat the Rams. Mm-hmm. If Todd Gurley is not an effective part of this game and you put more pressure on Jared Goff, then you can win. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, Chicago showed exactly what the Saints needed to see. Not that the Saints didn't already know it because they've already beaten the Rams. Uh, but they showed them of just further proof of, hey, New Orleans, if you're the home field advantage, you will beat the Rams. Mm-hmm. Because for whatever reason— it gets loud. Jared Goff starts to struggle. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's still a young quarterback. He's still a very talented quarterback. But it's difficult to go into uh, go into New Orleans. It's difficult to, if, now this can't possibly happen, but if he had to go into a Seattle, you know, with the 12th man. I mean, Chicago, a place that hasn't been loud in a long time, finally got loud. Mm-hmm. And it was very difficult. I mean, they got the you know, air siren and everything going. Uh, It's being shown what you can do. A good defense can beat the Rams. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, the, you know, Chicago Bears got super lucky in the fact that McVay said, what's a girly? Um, And had no idea that even though Todd Gurley was running very effectively against the Bears, 
didn't use him anyways. Um, so I would have to imagine McVeigh is going to learn from that type of mistake and mm-hmm. not make it again. He's not Andy Reid. Well, and I mean, Gurley's even been struggling, I would say, since the – oh, what game was that? Because I had him in fantasy. Since the Kansas City game, he's been struggling mm-hmm. with knee injuries the yeah. entire rest of this year. Like they were even talking about during the Sunday night football game this past week against the Eagles where Todd Gurley, yeah, he – still played in the game, but they were they like he's questionable for this upcoming game because of the knee injury. Yeah, for sure. And you know, he's got twelve thousand yards. Mm-hmm. You know, two hundred and fifty six carries. So uh and that's a big workload. Yeah, exactly. That's just that's not even counting when he gets the ball thrown to him. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean that's a lot for a running back to handle. But for me, what's happened recently and the Rams are still a good team. The Rams are still a favorite to go to the NFC Championship game, mm-hmm. but we have been shown how you can beat them. And you're right. And the thing that I'm going to hit on that you didn't hit on is offenses also know what to do against this Ram defense. Like mm-hmm. it blows my mind that with all the players that this Rams defense has, that all the Eagles had to do was. Hey, we're going to double-team Aaron Donald. We're going to make someone else beat us. Oh, nobody else wants to beat us? Okay. Yeah. I mean, Aaron Donald couldn't do anything against the Chicago Bears. Well, and that, But that's Same it. thing. Like, Just put team, another guy or two on him. Teams are coming out with the mentality against this defense where y- you see it like— I see it in basketball all the time where it's like, mm-hmm. hey, we're going to lock down your star player. If X player off the bench has a great game and beats us— we can live with that because yeah. he's not used to doing that. But what we're going to do is take your star out of the game. That's what they're doing. Hey, we're going to double-team Aaron Donald. We're going to basically take him out of the game. Hey, Dante Fowler, can you step up? Yeah, and you so need a far, guy like Sue to step nobody, up. Yeah, You no need some of these guys to, to make that difference there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like you're saying, you know, somebody's not doing it. You look at, I'm going to bring up Chicago again, Mac gets double teamed all the time. And he still gets through, and he still gets through. He but gets, he even sacks him with his back. Yeah, exactly. Falls right into uh, him. That's the uh, Mac back attack. <laughs> the Mac back attack. And but I mean, you've got other guys too. You've got guys like Hicks. You've got Goldman. You've got Roquan. You have mm-hmm. Trevathan all stepping up and making it. And not saying that the Rams can't do that, and the Rams don't do that at times. Mm-hmm. But they really need the rest of this defensive seven uh, yep. to really make that impact for them. But it's difficult, too, because when you're a team that's known for having an explosive offense, you can score really quickly. Mm -hmm. When you've got a great passing game, it makes your defense tired. Your defense will struggle in the third and fourth quarter if your team is scoring too often. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, people look at the Chiefs game, 54-51, like, yes, sure. That's just two amazing offenses, two amazing quarterbacks, two amazing a lot of things on offense. <laughs> but it's also the fact that those defenses were getting beat nonstop. They mm-hmm. were tired. It's hard. Like, if a team gives up 50 points, it's not that necessarily that there's a bad defense. A lot of times it's that the defense is exhausted. They mm-hmm. have no rest in that case. Uh, when I look at the playoffs here and I look at teams that I think can beat the Rams— I think Chicago already did it, so they can do it again. Well, well, just just um, saying, okay. we're not going to talk about home field advantage. Okay. I know your point, yep. but I'm just saying teams that can do it. The New Orleans Saints already beat them; they can do it again. 
Minnesota was not that far away from beating the Rams. They can make some adjustments Dude, to Jared, do it again. Jared Goff and the Rams though had a great game, and the thing that oh for sure the thing that's different about that one compared to now, and we haven't brought this up, is this could also be why Jared Goff is struggling. His main guy in Cooper Cup is injured. Yep, like you lose that main target, and it's like. I know Brandon, when we were talking about it yesterday, he goes, yeah, but Ricky's got Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks. I go, it doesn't matter. When you're a mm-hmm. young quarterback and you're so used to having that one guy out there, yeah. when you don't, it shakes you. But it's also a thing, too, of, sure, double-team him. Mm-hmm. Now I've got two other guys I can throw to. Exactly. Now it's double-team him. I got one I guy. got one guy I can go to. I hope oh, he wait, catches it. he's not open. I got nobody I can yeah. throw to. Exactly. So it gets a little difficult, you know. It's interesting. I, I think it shows that the NFC race right now in the playoffs is going to be a little bit more open than people think. Mm-hmm. Well, we always with said, the exception of maybe the Saints. We've always said since the beginning of the year, this is the toughest division in football. Mm-hmm. Conference, yeah. Well, the toughest conference in football. Yeah. Um, and just my point, I know you know it, but mm. they may not know it coming in. The thing I was going to say about the yep. Bears is if that game's in Chicago, the Bears can win. If it's in L.A., the Bears still have a chance, but I lean towards the Rams to win in L.A. compared mm-hmm. to Chicago. Only because this time of the year, nobody wants to play in Chicago. The field's usually crap. The weather's horrible. When you're a team that's used to playing in L.A., you yeah. don't want to come. I don't even want to be outside half the time in Chicago. For sure. Time. And, and it's nobody one of those interesting things. You know, it, For that type of a game, if we get that matchup, which mm-hmm. I don't know that we will, uh, but well, it's possible. I, if, uh, it's if, more possible than not possible, I think. It's more possible to have that matchup in L.A. with how the standards yeah. are right now. Well, yeah, for sure. Um, but I do think that it's all going to depend on that defense stepping up like it did before, if they mm-hmm. can shut down that team again. If Gurley is going to be healthy, that's going to be a big part. But the other thing, too, for both these two quarterbacks, when Chicago and, the, and L.A. played each other, both these quarterbacks sucked. Mm-hmm. Trubisky was bad. Goff was bad. They were both bad. Mm-hmm. They both, I think it was, what, seven total interceptions in that game? Mm-hmm. Uh, it was not good. If either one of these quarterbacks doesn't have a bad game, it's completely different. Mm-hmm. Now, if both don't have bad games, that's a completely different style game. Now we're yeah. talking about an offensive game. Yeah. Uh, but Which the Rams have proven they could win those games. They like can't, just look at the yeah. one against the Chiefs. They For can sure. win those games, but they've got to be clicking a hundred and ten percent. Exactly, and it's harder now when certain weapons are not there and they're not available due mm-hmm. to injury. Um, so it'll be very interesting to see with that. I think that LA fans should be a little worried. Because your team is exposed a little bit, mm-hmm. but you don't need to panic. You don't need to start burning your jerseys right now. Um, no, you'll you'll be okay. Is it possible that the Rams could lose either game sixteen or seventeen here? Sure, mm-hmm. probably not, but maybe they could maybe lose to if they're going to lose to one. I'm going to say it's the 49ers yeah, as opposed to so. the Cardinals, even though the Cardinals have a home game and the yeah. 49ers don't. And that's an if. The thing I do want to throw out there, though, Mm -hmm. and this is an example of why this is an example of why Ram fans should be like, all right, let's hit the let's hit the non panic button really quick, because just look back to what was it? 2015 for the Denver Broncos. That Bronco team 
started out seven and zero, then lost two games. They're seven and two, then went on a three game win streak. They're up to ten and two. Finished the season two and two after that to go to twelve and four. Kind of what we saw at that point, a sputter out. Exact same thing that what's going on with the Rams is, hey, we won, we now lost two. It, think about it, the almost the exact same thing. They go 8-0, they lose to the Saints, they win three in a row, now they've lost two. The only difference is you got to w- win these last two games to kind of stay that 11-3. and three. Let's say they split and go 12-4, and four. it's still not the end of the world because what did that Broncos team do in 2015? Do you remember what they did? Go to the Super Bowl. Went to the Super Bowl. They then, in the divisional round, mm-hmm. beat the Steelers 23-16. to Then in the conference championship game, beat a beat just a little guy called Tom Brady. I don't know if you've heard of him. Not that 20 big to 18 And then had that, I mean, the Carolina Panthers kind of pooped the bed a little bit. That yeah. helped. But they went on and won the Super Bowl. So... The thing that I would be, mm-hmm. if I was a fan of the Rams, I would be worried because I would be a fan. And I would be like, whoa, okay, panic button, what's going on here? Yeah. But as an outsider, I almost want to say, don't hit that panic button. Don't be afraid because there are teams like this Denver Bronco team that have done the same thing, that have kind of sure. you know, sputtered out towards the end and then kind of caught themselves. And the big thing that I think needs to happen for the Rams is they have to get that first-round buy. Exactly. Get that first-round buy. Use that wild-card week to kind of rejuvenate yourself before you head into your second season, well, maybe your third season, and the playoffs because you're probably going to have to play Chicago, New Orleans, and then whoever wins the AFC Probably the Chargers, Patriots, or Chiefs. Yeah, it's tough. And that's one of the things that I think fans are a little bit worried about is, let's say that the the worst of it happens. Mm-hmm. The Rams, they, they'll beat the Cardinals, but they lose to the 49ers somehow, some way. Mm-hmm. Or you can flip it if you'd rather have it that way. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, and Chicago wins out. So Chicago wins out. They're getting the second seed. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden the Rams have to play Minnesota – Sure, it's a home game for the Rams, but it's not an easy home game. No. That's going to be tough. Uh, and it's not the same exact circumstances as when the Vikings came to town the last time. Exactly. And let's say you beat the Minnesota Vikings. That's fine. Uh, you're then going to go play Chicago Who you've already Chicago. got destroyed against in Chicago. Exactly. And, you know, revenge game, sure, it's hard to beat a team twice, so it's Chicago hard. fans it's should be tough, to too. Chicago. Uh, but, yeah, it, it's tough when it's going to be... You know, January, it's going to be cold. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Goff has ever seen snow before, <laughs> uh, but he'll see it then. Um, that's a joke. Don't get mad at me, Rams fans. Uh, but it's just one of those times where, and let's say they even go ahead and beat Chicago. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but the Saints aren't going to lose to the Eagles, the Denver, I'm I don't sure know. the Dallas Cowboys, the Seattle Seahawks. You know how much they like tackling each other in the playoffs. That's true. So, I mean, that could happen. I, I think that, like, it, you get past Chicago, you're still going to have to then go to the Dome and mm-hmm. play the Saints. It is not an easy win. It's not an easy victory. They got nothing easy in this case. Uh, to be the three seed. I mean, the same thing goes for if it is Chicago that gets that three seed. They got to play Minnesota probably. Mm-hmm. Then they have to go play the Rams probably. You know, it's 
whoever gets that third seed is not sitting pretty. Mm-hmm. You don't have the Saints going, sure, we'll take Dallas. We'll take Seattle. We'll take the Eagles. We'll take maybe Minnesota, mm-hmm. You know, which Minnesota is not an easy one either. But they have an easier options out there. There's easier options for them to have to play potentially. So it's going to be interesting. The two and three seed, as it should be, because those are the lower seeds, they do not have an easy way in. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I am looking up real quickly is just for – oh, are they not going to have the playoff game here? They're not going to show it. Let me look it up really quick. Is it the bottom here? Oh, of course they don't. So the thing that I was going to throw out, I'll throw it out for one game. I don't exactly know um, why they didn't have this other game in there. Um, oh, there it is. So it was a home game. Um, if you look at it, though, the mm-hmm. last two games that Chicago has played, home playoff games in the playoffs to where they have lost, um, the last one that they lost was against two. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. There you go. Before that, you've got that Panthers team that went to that went on a run and was really good. Before that, the Andy Reid Eagles teams from the 2001 season. So it's like the Bears, if they're going to lose in Chicago in the playoffs, it's going to be against a good team. Like when seven and nine Seattle came to town, the Bears beat them 35 24. Yep. Then they lost to the Packers, and I know that's the bike game, and Bears fans hate that one. But then you look at like the 2006 season, 2006-07, beat the Seahawks, beat the Saints. It took a team like the Colts with Peyton Manning, not in Chicago, in order for that historic Bear team to lose. Mm-hmm. So like, and also Rex Grossman out there, and Rex Grossman out there. I mean, he he did his best. To lose. And you, you don't remember what happened mm-hmm. after Devin Hester. No, no, I've only heard. I've only heard stories. <laughs> Devin Hester ran it back, and then Mark and the Bears was like, won the Super Bowl. Right, the game's I was over. out. Um, any, any final thoughts on this before we go ahead and wrap this segment up and move on into a fun topic of yeah. uh, coaches who could be fired? Um, no, not necessarily. I do think it'll be interesting to see mm-hmm. the city of L.A., how it reacts to maybe the Rams start to do a little poorer and mm-hmm. maybe the L.A. Chargers start to do a little bit better. Do people start flipping? Do you feel like if you gave a prediction mm-hmm. in the next two for the Rams, yep. wins, losses, split? Uh, I'm saying right now the Rams are going to split. Okay. I'm and on the other Chicago side. Chicago wins it all. So Chicago gets second seed. Maybe so. that's the Bear fan in you. Yeah. Maybe it's the non-Bear fan in me. I think they're going to win both games. They should have no problems with the Cardinals and the 49ers, sure. although I will give the 49ers some credit. Nick they, Mullins, man. They played well against Seattle this week. They could play well maybe against the Rams at the end of the year, but I still like the Rams. Although they've been struggling, I like them to finish out strong and win their final two games. This is where you guys come in. Let us know what you think down below in that comment section. If you're a Rams fan, I want to hear from you. Are you worried? Are you confident in this team? Or if would you be like I would? Because if it was the Vikings, I would be, sky is falling, we're not going to win the Super Bowl, and then we'll win the next two, and I'll be like, hell yeah, I believe in this team, we're going to win the Super Bowl. Because my confidence just wavers when it comes to my sports teams, because I'm used to just so much heartache, guys. So much heartache. But let us know how you guys are feeling. And Mark, let's move on. Before we close out the podcast and make our picks for Week 16, 
in the NFL. Let's go ahead and talk a little bit about coaching. Just one of the sexiest topics here. That's right. On the onside kick is when we talk about coaches getting fired or possibly getting fired. And today's kind of look is at Vance Joseph, the second-year head coach for the Denver Broncos. In his two years, he's gone five and eleven, and now six and eight so far for a combined record of eleven and nineteen so far through two seasons. We know he will be the head coach for the rest of this season, as the Broncos have said they will not fire him before the end of the season, but I they said them. never said they were going to not fire him after the season. I want to ask you this. Before we go into like possible replacements, yeah. I want to ask you this. Should he be fired? Should Vance Joseph be canned after two years in Denver? I think so. Um, I just don't necessarily think it's it's really working out for for mm-hmm. them, and, and I think that the the Denver Broncos are in this weird middle zone right now where it's like they're not a bad team, but they're not a good team. Mm-hmm. They're stuck in the mediocre middle area, and, and that's kind of a problem sometimes in the NFL. It's very hard to break out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, one way that you don't do it is by getting Case Keenum at your quarterback. Uh, let's talk about Case Keenum. Well, he's, he's not a good quarterback. Not just that. I want to mm-hmm. throw this out. Yeah. He's had four different starting quarterbacks since the start of 2017. Yeah. it's And, and I think I'm very much going to wonder, is that going to kind of be the legacy of John Elway as mm-hmm. a you know NFL executive, that he can't get his guy? He cannot mm-hmm. get a quarterback that works. He loved Paxton Lynch, and that was a disaster. You know, I mean, he came in and basically ended Tebow. Mm-hmm. Um, he lucked into Peyton Manning's end of his career. Uh, and really, Peyton Manning's car- end of his career would have been seen as kind of a bust if it wasn't for an amazing defense. Mm-hmm. And Kubiak really dragging uh, dragging the, or I should say shaking the John Fox rust off of that team mm-hmm. and getting them to perform a little bit better. Um, you know, that would have been seen as a bit of a bust. And now Case Keenum... It's a joke. Case yeah. Keenum was not a, not a good answer for the quarterback well, issues. And we all know what Chris Carter said, that if Case Keenum was on the Vikings this year, we'd only have two wins. That Case yeah. Keenum and the Vikings would only I have two surprised. wins this year. I mean, it, this really goes to show you, it wasn't Case Keenum. It was... Um, off Shermer. Shermer. Pat Shermer. It was Pat Shermer's, hey... Don't make mistakes. Mm. Let's just do well and a really good run game and a great defense. And I'm going to call plays that are good for you. Yeah. That fit your strengths and don't and, play And that's into the your thing. Weaknesses. When you've got a guy like Vance Joseph, more of a defensive guy, mm-hmm. does he understand that so much? And, of course, you have offensive coordinators and stuff like that, but that's not working out very well necessarily either. It's just that this offensive unit isn't working to a guy like Case Keenum. It's not that you can't win with Case Keenum. I mean, he just won last year. He was mm-hmm. nearly—well, uh, I shouldn't say nearly. He got to an NFC Championship game. Trent Dilfer has a Super Bowl ring. Mm-hmm. Joe Flacco was considered elite after he got a Super Bowl ring. You know, Peyton Manning's corpse got dragged into a Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and he got his second ring. Like, quarterbacks that are not performing at their best or are not that good can still win— you know, and still have success in the NFL. The problem really for the Denver Broncos is, yes, that defense is still good. There's no doubt about that. Phillip Lindsay's been incredibly impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Case Keenum connection with coaches just isn't necessarily working out well enough the way 
Pat Shermer made Case Keenum look like mm-hmm. a franchise quarterback. Yeah, for me, I'm on the sense of fire his ass. Like, just get him out of town because I'm looking at an article, and I'm going to give um, Sayer um, Bedlinger, I hope I said that right, or Bedinger, Bedinger um, credit from predominantly orange.com on the fan-sided network. A nice article about, like, reasons for and against for hiring Vance Joseph. Mm -hmm. And what he lists is, here's his reasons to not fire him. Four different starting QBs since the start of 2017. Um, Barrage of critical players injured. Horrendous 2017 NFL draft class. Um, Unfair expectations due to the 2015 team. That team I talked about earlier that won the Super Bowl. Improvement from last year to this year. Increased and successful usage of young players this year. The hiring of Tom McMahon as special teams coordinator and the team's response after three and six. All sound pretty good to me. Mm-hmm. However, his reasons for firing Joseph, I think, outweigh the ones I just led. The record, not super important to me. 11 and 18. Yeah, it's bad, but the Broncos, I had maybe higher expectations this year for them than what they really were, but the rest of them, the team looks undisciplined and unprepared. They've been exploited strategically. They have poor execution in late games. They have clock management issues in clutch situations. Players appear to quit or play uninspired in 2017, lengthy losing streaks, understanding the team's strengths and weaknesses, and overconfidence in underperforming players. I look at all these and I go... This is how you become mediocre. Yeah. Is you have a coach that does this. Like, uh, uh, the one that I really want to say is like the clock management and clutch situations. The only reason Andy Reid is not fired for this in Kansas City is because he wins games. Mm-hmm. They win games all the time. Doesn't matter if the in the playoffs he screws up the clock and doesn't know that he has a run game, yeah. they still win games. And that he did eventually cost him a job in Philadelphia. Yeah, but that was like after they were yeah. getting to Super Bowls and NFC Championship games and how many years did that go mm-hmm. on? Like, if you're going to lose games, this stuff is going to pile up. And the thing that blew my mind is he was asked after the game about the field goal this past week, and he goes, well, you know, I, 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 I just wanted points. Whereas you've got these young, innovative guys like McVay and um, even Mike Vrabel that are like, you know what, screw it, we're going for it on fourth down. Even the non-young guys like Bill Belichick, Sean Payton, rolling the dice on some plays. Like that game in Sunday Night Football where I know it wasn't McVay that called it. It was, I believe, Heckler, um, or Heckler's the punter. It was um, their special teams coordinator in L.A. that called the play, the fake pass, that Heckler threw that was almost a completed pass if it mm-hmm. didn't just hit the ground through the receiver's hands. It's like stuff like this piles up. And if you're not winning games, I don't care if you, oh, I've had four starting quarterbacks in two years. You eventually have to know your team's strengths and weaknesses. Hell, Mike Zimmer and Pat Shermer got to an NFC title game with Case Keenum, and you can't even get into the playoffs. Yeah. In a weaker conference. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily call it a weaker compared, conference. Compared to the NFC? I mean, who, you're, are you ignoring the Chiefs and the Chargers? No, I'm saying like... Out, so like Just the NFC I'm, as a total? As a total, there are more teams that can get into the playoffs, in mm-hmm. my mind, than the NFC. And why we have teams like 
the Eagles, the Redskins, and those two are playing with injuries. Potentially. I, I do think some credit needs to be given to the AFC. They're looking like they're going to mm-hmm. have better records in the playoffs than the NFC will this year. In the playoffs uh, or just in general playoff teams? Well, I think of their playoff teams, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, there's some teams with some bad records in the NFC. Uh, but anyway, that's besides the point. Um Really, when I when I look at this team, and, and you're right, there's too much there, and there's not enough to really save uh, Vance Joseph mm-hmm. right now. I do think they, they need to go a different direction. The unfortunate thing, once again, for the Denver Broncos, uh, they're not bad enough to be one of these top teams to get a top quarterback. And this, because you like to say it all the time, mm-hmm. this is not the year to draft a quarterback anyways. No. So unless you're going to be lucky enough to pull off a trade for Joe Flacco, although I'm mm-hmm. not that excited about that, it's not the worst thing in the world, but it's not that exciting. I mean, he's not terrible. But it's then you're just going to he's better than Case Keenum too. Mm-hmm. But it's just one of those things where it's like, is that really going to make your team that much better? Mm-hmm. The thing that I am concerned about with the Denver Broncos is, do you have a coaching staff that can nurture a quarterback? I don't mm-hmm. think so. And I'm not going to put any blame for Paxton Lynch on anybody except for Paxton Lynch. By all accounts, Paxton Lynch had no interest in ever becoming a better quarterback. He thought he just would be amazing. Um, Case Keenum is who Case Keenum is. I do blame the you know front office of the Denver Broncos for thinking Case Keenum was going to be more than just a product of a successful system. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that they can develop something. And, and I sit there and I wonder, and I'm like, well, I know that Defensive coordinators aren't the most popular thing to go after right now, but there's going to be some really good defensive coordinators. Well, some there's a couple good defensive coordinators out there. I was going to ask you, for. if you're John Elway, do you do you target an offensive guy because of what we've seen with like Nagy and McVay, mm-hmm. or do you target a defensive guy because although this defense is getting kind of old, it's the best part about your team right now? Yeah, and, and I there's definitely something there to saying go for the defense because you want to make that better. You won a Super Bowl with a defensive-minded coach. You went to a Super Bowl with a defensive-minded coach. Yeah, You've had a lot of success with that, and and I know that the man doesn't ever get any real interest from head coaching jobs, mm-hmm. uh, but you have potentially a very good defensive coach, defensive coordinator out there this year who a lot of teams are going to give a nice look at mm-hmm. in Vic Fangio because of what he's done with Chicago's defense over the last four years. Um, but you have to think, eventually I'm going to have a young quarterback, right? And eventually I'm going to want to develop that quarterback. Mm-hmm. Do I have to go with a guy who's more offensive? You know, um, go from uh, I forget his name, Eric something from the Chiefs, uh, their offensive coordinator. Go with uh, Pete Eric, Carmichael. I think it's Benemy. That sounds right. Uh, go with Pete Carmichael from the Saints. Do mm-hmm. I go after one of these guys to try and find it? But you know what? For every McVay, Nagy, Shanahan, you're going to run into a guy like. John Filippo, mm-hmm. who everyone thought was going to be the next big thing, and what happened there? You know, you're going to look at, um, you know, Matt Lafleur. Everybody thought that was going to be something absolutely stunning, and he was going to very next time be the next head coach. And mm-hmm. you know what? It's looking like it might be a couple years until Matt Lafleur is ready. The thing I worry about with the Broncos, and this be this comes from reports that apparently before the year. John Elway tried to get it where he was mm-hmm. going to fire 
Vance Joseph and hire Mike Shanahan. And the thing, I don't know about you, Mark, I feel weary about hiring Mike Shanahan as the head coach of the Broncos because although Mike Shanahan was a very good coach and was a very good coach, a Super Bowl winning coach for the Denver Broncos, Mm -hmm. I kind of have a stigma of it of, it's not exactly like John Gruden because it's not like Mike Shanahan went and did Monday Night Football for so long, but he has yeah. been out of the game for a little bit of coaching. I just feel like that would be John Elway trying to either cling on to the past or yeah. bring in an older coach that mm-hmm. might not connect with this day and age's and NFL. I, and I think that would show very much of what I'm scared with Gruden, that it's a guy who just doesn't necessarily understand what was successful. Mm -hmm. You know, this worked when I was a, you know, when I was a quarterback, you know, like this in my day and age, this was the kind of coaching that worked. Why doesn't it work today? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I, I, I think back to, to Nick Saban a little bit when Nick Saban uh, years ago was upset at the state of football. Mm -hmm. He was sick of seeing spread offenses. He Mm -hmm. says, is this what we want the NFL to be? Three, four years later, what's he doing? A lot of spread offense. Mm-hmm. Not entirely, but enough of it. He infused it because he knows that it works. if I'm going to be head coach, i got to do what works. Mm-hmm. And I think from the GM standpoint for for um, for John Elway, he has to say what works. And I think that's going to lead him to go for one of these offensive-minded guys. Mm-hmm. But I'm a little scared for any team that's looking for one of these, the next McVay, you know, the next Matt Nagy. Teams got a little lucky mm-hmm. with those two. There's, you're not going to be able to just pick up a young guy and say, yeah, he had a good offense. You know, I mean, if you go ahead and take the next offensive coordinator from Kansas City, is it going to just be that Andy Reid was really good, mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes was really good, or Matt Nagy had a successful mm-hmm. uh, offense? Well, and the thing you've got to kind of mm-hmm. put into yourself, too, is into this is, with McVeigh and Nagy, they didn't when they came into their situations, they didn't have to draft their quarterback. Yeah. McVeigh came in, Goff was already there. Just had Nagy to work with came him. in, Mitch was already there. Like they mm-hmm. already had good young quarterbacks that they could work with. Yep. And you don't have Broncos anything don't. to do with that. Yeah, you had nothing of that in mm-hmm. in Denver. And I think that's gonna be the thing that is a big issue for a while with Denver. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's why, to me, I wonder why. I wonder if it's going to be a situation of they don't like. I wonder if it's going to be they don't bring in an offensive guy and either keep Vance Joseph because they could mm-hmm. do that, or if they fire him if they bring in a guy like Jim Schwartz, if they bring in a another. Um, Defensive guy, kind of like um, you've got uh, James uh, Betcher, I think it is, from the New York Giants. The other thing, too, that I, when you look at all these articles, too, of like possible replacements, you get the college coaches as well. Lincoln yeah. Riley's always going to be on the list. For sure. Jim Harbaugh's going to be always there. But like you've got guys on this one I'm looking at. They've got David Shaw from Stanford on there, they've got um, Matt Campbell from. Iowa State, like, could that be 
intrigue. Like, would this job be intriguing to a college coach? I'm I'm gonna say not the Harbaugh's, but like a Matt Campbell, who mm-hmm. he's done well the last two years, got an extension coming into this one with Iowa State, a newer yeah. head coach in college. Would this job be intriguing to that kind of a coach if mm-hmm. that coach was looking at the NFL? I think like, it hey, could. I'll look at it. It could be intriguing, but I, I think these guys have to— It seems like a lot of these college— into. Yeah, a lot of these college head coaches— they understand the way it works. There's mm-hmm. a lot of pressure. You've got no security in the NFL. You don't have tons of security in college football either. But if you're a decent college football coach, you'll be there for a while. Mm-hmm. It's a different kind of game. It's a little easier to extend your time period in that. And you can make a lot, a lot of money in college football. Mm-hmm. A lot of money that you might not have the chance to make in the NFL. I mean, there's a reason why Nick Saban will never go back to the NFL. There's a reason why the top paid a uh, public employee mm-hmm. in most states is a college football coach. Mm-hmm. You know, they make a lot of money. Lincoln Riley, he's already said he's not that interested. I don't think Harbaugh's going anywhere for a while. Um, Shaw, he's kind of had some chances and never really went for it, so I don't mm-hmm. see him going for it either. But the flip side is, I don't see John Elway as being the guy to take the risk. No. To go for a unconventional uh-huh. type of uh, head coaching candidate. Like, the only other one... like. In my mind, what I think it's going to be is they're either going to fire him and hire Mike Shanahan, or they're going to go out, and I hope I'm saying this name right, uh-huh. um, in, what is it, Dave Tube or Dave Tubb, the oh, yeah, special, teams. special teams coordinator from yeah. um, the Chiefs. And the only reason I say that is I wonder if that's going to be John Elway saying, hey, I should have hired you in 2017. I didn't. All right, I'm going to hire you this time. Possible. I mean, the man always gets interviews, but just never gets a job offer. Mm-hmm. So, and that's the thing of too is like I know like um, John Harbaugh, special teams coordinator, yep. before being a head coach. Do you think that that is a negative in any sense of why uh-huh. maybe he's gotten interviews oh, for and sure. hasn't gotten hired? Yeah, the NFL doesn't respect special teams coaches because he's not a defensive coordinator or not an offensive yeah, coordinator. They, they don't. They don't respect the special teams mm-hmm. coordinator. Um, they never really get the chances, but I mean, you get a guy enough enough shots, eventually he's going to get his day, right? Mm-hmm. I just think Denver. With the last thing I'll say about this is, I think Denver with this job, they're the team's in an interesting situation because I feel like on one side, for an offensive coach, it's not an appealing spot because no, definitely not. Un, like I said, unlike the Rams with McVay, unlike the Bears with Matt Nagy. You don't have that quarterback, that young quarterback already there be waiting to be molded, basically. Um, and you always tell the story that you like where Nagy didn't even like Mitch Trubisky until he sat down in a room with him yeah. and talked with him. and was like, all right, I can work with this guy. I can mold For him sure. into what I need. But also, the defense on this team is not young enough to be like, I'll throw in like a Mike Zimmer situation where mm-hmm. Zimdog comes in, he molds that young Vikings team. And, of course, he made some key yeah. draft picks as well for that defense. But building that young defense, molding that young defense, like this defense is almost to the point in my mind where we're a couple years out from a Seattle Seahawks situation of, all right, yeah. time to hit the reset button. I know they brought in Bradley mm-hmm. Chubb to kind of – keep some younger players moving through it. For but sure. 
we're we're a couple years out from all right, time to hit the reset button yeah. because Von Miller is closer to the end than he is to the beginning of his career. And you almost have you know you, you fear if you go for a new guy, do you have Chicago Bears Mark Tressman era mm-hmm. of aging defense, offense not quite good enough, uh-huh. and things start falling apart because these guys all start leaving and all of a sudden you've got nothing left. There's some value to be mm-hmm. said of maybe the Denver Broncos just stick with Vance Joseph for mm-hmm. one more year because if things don't go super well, you know what? You'll get a quarterback next year. You know, you case, keep Case Keenum for right now and just ride it out one more year. If I'm not mistaken, Dakin, Case Keenum's contract is a two-year contract, correct? Two no, or three, I thought. It, it is. So there's a potential out after this year, but um, it's an $8 million contract base salary this year, $18 million base yeah. um, next year. He's going to go from a 15 mil cap hit to a 20 And I don't think Case Keenum's necessarily done anything to truly mm-hmm. lose his well, job. He's just not very—he's just been Case Keenum is the problem. Yeah. He's just been okay. And he hasn't had that kind of— Pat Shermer like offensive coordinator to yeah. say, Hey, I am gonna work with you and I'm gonna bring the best out of you. Plus, it's a different receiving core. Like he For doesn't sure. have Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs anymore. He's got Emmanuel Sanders. And that run game, I know he didn't have Dalvin Cook much last year because he got injured, but I'll tell you, Latavius Murray in twenty seventeen was a mm-hmm. lot better than what Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman have been. That well Philip Lindsay most of the year has been yeah. for the Broncos because he's been the main running for back. sure. Although Philip Lindsay deserves some respect, mm-hmm. like, he's been doing a good job, but yeah. not nearly what Latavius Murray was doing in 2017 for the Vikings. But this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you think. First off, should Vance Joseph be fired? And then Bronco fans, I really want to hear from you. Who would you want to come in and replace Vance Joseph as the quarterback of the or the? Co- Head coach, I said quarterback, head coach of the Denver Broncos. Let us know what you're thinking down below in that comment section. But, Mark, let's do what we do every single week, and there's not many weeks where I'm going to be saying this. We've got, what, two more regular – well, one more regular season week after after this. And then, what, four – really three playoff weeks? Because the Super Bowl, we don't do one of these. Like, we have an entire podcast slash segment about the Mm. Super Bowl when it comes to that. But we – Go ahead, make our picks for every game this week in Week 16. And we're starting off with your favorite. So yep. no Thursday night football this week, so it's good if you're good. in fantasy. Thursday you don't night have to deal with worst. Thursday. But there's two Saturday games. Also bad. So you got to deal with that. And the first one, actually, we talked about most of these teams in the podcast. The first one, yeah. Redskins-Titans in Tennessee. The Titans are a 10-point favorite. As Do they should they- be. Do they get it done against the injured yeah. Redskins? And that's exactly what it is. I mean, this is a team that, for the Redskins, that good job. You guys were doing well. Everything fell apart. Glad to see that Alex Smith is back home finally. Good job. You got uh, lucky against the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, Jacksonville Jaguars are bad. So, I mean, I wouldn't consider luck when the team is bad. Well, hey, the kiss uh, of death helped you out with that one. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's just a rough situation. I think Tennessee Titans can easily get this one done, and they have to. Mm-hmm. They have to stay in the hunt. Like I said, this is a team not only 5-1 and one at home. I said earlier they were going to get this win no problem. I am sticking by it. The Titans will win in Tennessee against the Washington Redskins. And then the nightcapper for the Saturday games, we've got 
the Baltimore Ravens at eight and five. Yep. The eleven and three L.A. Chargers. The Chargers are a four and a half point favorite in this one. Going to be playing in Carson, California. You earlier mm-hmm. on said how this is probably going to be an upset pick for yep. you. I'm going upset with the Ravens. I mean, Ravens have a great defense. Not that the Chargers don't have a good defense, mm-hmm. too, but this is a great defense for the Ravens. And I know it's hard for a defense to travel like that, uh, but I still think that when it comes to the Ravens, who, if they don't win this game, I'm sorry, you're not going to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. It's that simple. Every single game for the Ravens at this point is a playoff game uh, to win their division and steal it from the Steelers. Uh, so I got to go with them on this one. Like I said, such an impressive defense. And Lamar Action Jackson, I know he's running all day and he's going to get himself hurt one of these days, but I don't <laughs> think it's this not. game. Uh, well, you keep running, you're going to. So, But I don't think it's going to be this game. I think that he's been so impressive with what he can do, stealing uh, you know, the job from very quietly from mm-hmm. Joe Flacco, but I'm going to roll with the Ravens. Well, I'm going to be on the other side of you, Mark. I'm going with the... I'm going to bolt up if you're not going to bolt up. And I'm Someone's going with got the to. L.A. Chargers. This is a team. Impressive win Thursday night. Um, like the meme said, it was the picture of Philip Rivers' face. Hey, Patrick, that's a nice lead you got there. It'd be a shame if someone were to ruin it. Mm-hmm. And they had a nice win Thursday night. They're going to... This is a team that is fighting still for home field throughout. They're still fighting for the Division Two in the AFC West. The Chiefs, who we'll get to later, have a tough game against the Seahawks. I think the Chargers are going to play up for this one at home. Well, at home, air quotes, because it's not really a home for them. And they Some are going to field they're beat playing the Baltimore Ravens this week on Saturday night football. Just sounds dirty to say that. Then... We're going to go into the noon games. First off, the NFC or AFC North matchup, the Bengals going into Cleveland. Cleveland is actually an eight-point favorite. It's weird to say that, although it's not weird because Cleveland has been surprisingly good this year yeah. with now five wins on the docket. Yeah, they've got a little bit of a thing going for them right now, and uh, both these teams are struggling in quite a few different areas, but when it comes to the Bengals, they've got a terrible defense, mm-hmm. so I'm not really that worried about it. I think the Cleveland Browns can do what they need to do to go out there and beat the Bengals. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to match I'm going with the Browns to get the win over the Bengals. Bengals have not looked good ever since going 4 and 1 to start the year. They've been 2 and 7 And they since. looked so good at the beginning too. Well, I mean, Andy Dalton getting injured put on IR kind of hurt them a lot this season, but I just like the Browns in this one getting the 6 win and hopefully the Browns could have a perfect, like, if they win their next two games, they will have a 500 record of 7-7-1. Seven, seven, and one. Would, would it be 7-7-1? Seven, seven, yeah. No. No, can't be 7-7-1. Seven, seven, it it's only 15 seven, seven. games. Oh, they have six. I have a little thing. They have six ones. Wow, I was undercutting them. So they'd be 8-7-1 and one on the year. But I'm going to get the Browns this win. The next one is an easy one for me. Cowboys, they got shut out. They're going to host the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers are not a good team to me. Cowboys should win this one easily in a bounce-back game after being shut out by the Colts last week. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you on that one. I mean, the Colts did such a good job against the Dallas Cowboys, mm-hmm. and they kind of knew how to beat the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I don't think that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers get that same advantage. I mean, they're 1-6 mm-hmm. on the road, too. I mean, they, they don't travel. Even though they have a really powerful offense. And the Cowboys play well at home. Yeah, they got a powerful offense with Tampa Bay, but uh, 
I, I just don't think it's going to be enough. Well, and the next one, NFC North matchup, and the boys are back in town, Mark, because yeah. Filippo gets fired. Viking offense puts up 41 points. I know that there are jokes going on everywhere that, hey, the Vikings are going to lose to the Lions, but double not so fast. Of course, I am picking the Vikings, who's a five-point, five-and-a-half-point favorite to win this game. They will walk into Detroit, get the win, keep that playoff mojo going mm-hmm. before playing the Bears at home next week. And this is another must-win game. I mean, the Vikings are in playoff season already. Mm-hmm. They have to win essentially every single game here. Uh, I do think they'll go ahead and win. I, I like what they did offensively. Um you know, and it's against Miami, who has a weak secondary, but it's not like the Detroit Lions mm-hmm. are any better. No. Uh, I mean, they're, they're not—I would rank them a little bit better than uh, mm-hmm. Miami, and especially their secondary, but it's not that much better for Detroit. So, yeah, I'm going to go with the Vikings. Plus, the Viking defense can travel well, and I hope they travel that, well. It's not that far of travel. No, it's not far at all. Plus, I mean, Ford Field, we've kind of made that like a second home for Minnesota. Am I right? And the next game— This one, yet again, should be an easy home win for the home team. Giants come in after being shut up by the Titans. They're 5-9. The Colts looking to stay in the playoff hunt at 8-6. Colts are a a 9.5-point favorite, and Shane O'Mac going to be liking this one because I have got Frank Reich and Andrew Luck. I almost said Aaron Luck. Andrew Luck Mm -hmm. and the Colts getting the win over Saquon Barkley. Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty easy one when I see it. I mean, for as bad as the New York Giants looked earlier in the season, 5-9 and nine right now. You know, they're, they're looking almost respectable. Uh, but I do think that this team here, even though Eli Manning's looking like he wants to prove that he's coming back next mm-hmm. year, uh, I still think Indianapolis here, they've got to win this one to get into the playoffs, so they're going to go ahead and make it happen at home. And the next one, the battle for Florida, and I got to look up exactly right now if the draft was today, Mark, the Jacksonville Jaguars would be the fifth overall pick. Good for one them. game out of being tied for the number one overall pick. Nice. They're going to stay in that race. Miami is going to get the win. Miami, a four point favorite. They're going to get the win against Jacksonville. In Miami Gardens. Yeah, and Miami's good at home. I mean, that's a big part of it. Miami's kind of feeling at least decent-ish about themselves because mm-hmm. there were moments where they looked good against the Vikings. Yeah. They just kind of got a little bit outclassed. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, the Jaguars aren't very good. I don't think they're going to have a problem beating them. And the next one, I've got an interesting question for you. Okay. Bills and Patriots. Yeah. Do the Patriots snap this little losing streak? That they've got going on. It's I believe it was what the first time that they have lost back-to-back games in December since like 2002. Did yeah. Tom Brady and the Patriots snap this streak, or do the Bills play up to the Patriots and get a win? And the Bills are just such an interesting team because they can play up to teams, um, but they're just so inconsistent at times. Uh, and, and Josh Allen, as much as he wants to run around and, and do it all himself. I don't think the Patriots are going to let it happen. Mm-hmm. So I do think that Tom Brady, he's had enough. I mean, he looked like he was about to cry out there when that team, uh, when <laughs> he got beat the by the Steelers, uh, with that last throw, and then he's just sitting on the ground like, why? Mm-hmm. Why does this happen to me? It's, uh, he, it's just Brady just sitting down, just boop. Yep. Nobody ever says he's a sulker. Uh, <laughs> people do, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're called Patriots haters um, by people like Sean. Anyways... 
Uh, Brady haters. I, I'm going to roll with the New England Patriots on this one. Pretty easy. Yeah, I'm going to go with that as well. I'm not ballsy enough to pick Bills Mafia on I this one. I want to, plus, but I'm not going to do it. Plus, it's in Foxborough, so Gillette Stadium, the Patriots will probably get the win. Then the next one's interesting to me because uh, I want to pick the Packers, and I will, but the Jets at 4-10 and 10 are a 2.5-point favorite. I just I can't pick this Jets team because of my eyes see Sam Darnold play. Mm-hmm. And they go, I don't care how bad Aaron Rodgers has been. I'm going to pick Aaron Rodgers over Sam Darnold in this one. Are you going with Vegas or against Vegas? Here's what I'm going to do. The Green Bay Packers have I wish. The Green Bay <laughs> Packers have not won a single road game this mm-hmm. year. And They're I'm going to roll with it, all right? That they go 0-8? Jets win it. Okay. Jets win it. They steal wow. this one for the Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers are kind of demoralized. I mean, you could see it out there against the Bears – that uh, Aaron Rodgers' knee still kind of bugging him a little bit, Let's and see. he kind of re-aggravated it as well. The road games are loss against the Redskins. That's when they hit Alex Smith. Lost against the Lions, the Rams, the Patriots, the Seahawks, the Vikings, the Bears. Yep. Not some easy road games No, for the Packers to have, but nonetheless, and the Jets, 0-7. Jets are going to get it done. Well, the Jets are going to be... The eighth one. The next one coming up, this to me, a and when I say interesting, I really do mean interesting because the Eagles, they need to win to kind of keep this Philly special going. They want to make the playoffs. They're trying to ride with Nick Foles back to the Super Bowl. And then you got the Houston Texans who have just been on a murderous row since going 0-3. They've only lost one game since week three of the season. We talked about a couple weeks ago about how maybe this team could make a run in the AFC. Do they keep it going after starting a new win streak against the Jets? Or do the Eagles have enough to keep this Philly special rolling and try to make it into the playoffs in the NFC? I don't think that Lightning's going to strike twice in this case. Mm-hmm. I don't think they do. And, and the Eagles need a little bit of help to, to make it happen, to get into the into the playoffs. Well, they need the Lions to win. Yeah. Uh, they certainly do. <laughs> and with that being said, I think that the Houston Texans are going to win this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything's looking great. You know, J.J. Watt's been playing phenomenally, like always. Deshaun Watson's gotten to, back in his groove after kind of shaking off some rust. Things are looking great for uh, the Houston Texans. And Houston Texans, who very well might be the second seed in the AFC. Yeah, probably. And I'm going to roll with them to get the win. And their uh, their kicker, uh, I think it's oh, I said it right on the what's your fantasy because Brandon helped me. Uh, Kaimi is that his name? Kaimi Fairbarn? Sure. Twenty two points for mm-hmm. me in the consolation bracket last year in our fantasy league. They're gonna roll with it. Houston is going to get the win in Philly. The Philly special will be done. A little well done will be that Philly steak or cheesecake? No, not cheesecake. Cheese steak. Cheese steak. Is it a cheese? It's steak a cheese sandwich? steak. Okay. Yeah. I, thought it was I just, had one in Philadelphia under a bridge. It was fucking weird. I thought it was going to be It was be delicious, like, though. I can't remember if it's a cheese steak sandwich or just a Philly steak sandwich. Philly cheese steak. Okay. Yeah. You have to have cheese on it. You got to have Philly and cheese. It's the rule. Okay. See, I've never, I'm not a huge steak sandwich guy, so. I actually I don't really know. care much about che- steak sandwiches either. But you were in Philly either. and you're like, I've got to have one. Yeah, under a bridge. 
Why under a bridge? I, that's where it was. It was under a bridge. So the shop was under a bridge. The, yeah, the restaurant was under a bridge. Oh, if you're okay. a Philadelphia native, you probably know what Jake I'm talking is. about. Jake, Jake is. yeah, you probably know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's a really well-known Philly place. Not, not like mm-hmm. the original place, but it's right under uh, the highway. You also say that the thing that weirded you out about Philly is how they park in the middle of the road. Yep, they park in the median why, in South though? Philly. Why? Where else Did are you going to park? Did you ever ask anybody why? It's just it's just one of those things you do. It's like in Chicago mm-hmm. how uh, you reserve your spot by putting trash cans out on the side of the road and nobody touches <laughs> or, them or lawn chairs. All you got folding yeah, lawn chairs. All you got to do is move it, but no one's going to because that's your spot. Yeah, that's my spot, man. I'm putting that lawn chair down. I'm putting those garbage cans. It's just down. a weird thing for the people. Uh, then the last noon game, the Falcons and the Panthers. Funny thing about the Panthers, Ed mm-hmm. Reed posted on Twitter today. He was randomly, and for my audio listeners, I'm using air quotes, randomly drug tested again for the seventh time this season by the NFL. Nice. You know, just random, the seventh time at random that you're drug tested. Right. I At some point, I think the NFL just goes, we think you're on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> we think you're taking steroids. You're hitting people too hard, Eric Reed. All right. I'm gonna I'm going to go ahead and claw up on this one. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the Carolina Panthers they are— bounce back. They're a tale they of two teams. Him. You know, the home team and the away team, they're very different from well, each other. And they almost won last night at they home. They could have made it happen. Until— Alvin Kamara had that late, late touchdown. I think the Panthers, I'm going with you, clawing up. Yep. They're going to get a win over the Falcons in Carolina. Then the first 305 game, I got to go back and scroll up for it because one of our favorite teams That's on right. our ESPN is the Bears. You got Obviously. the Bears at 10 and 4 going, taking a vacation um, in Santa Clara, California, playing the 49ers. What do you think about your Bears getting the win? Oh, for sure. That's it. Yeah. No analysis at all. Bears going to win. I mean, look at the Bears. They're a fantastic team. They're rolling high right now. I'm actually most interested to see what Nagy does mm-hmm. with people like Aaron Lynch and, and players like Eddie Jackson. Mm-hmm. Does he say, you're a little banged up. I'm going to play it easy on you. You don't need to come back until the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldldn't be opposed he if might. I was a Bear fan. I mean, he, he did it with Trubisky. Trubisky, mm-hmm. in everything they said was he could play. But, then, but we're going to play it safe it. for two weeks. I'm going to go with the Bears as well. The 49ers, to me, play for that draft pick. Get a nice draft pick to help when you get Jimmy Garoppolo back, and the Bears will get the win in Santa Clara. I will say this. Mm-hmm. This is the thing I hate about the Saturday football games. You're giving me two games on Saturday, taking away two games that would be here in the late afternoons. Like, last week I felt like, oh, we have a great slew of games here at the 12 o'clock spot. And then it's like, oh, I've got two? Yeah. And it's like, if I go upstairs where I don't have red zone, I had the patriots Steeler game, and then the Seahawks-49er game was blacked out for us yeah. in Chicago. So it's like, what the hell is that? It doesn't bother me too much because I don't have red zone. I watch, mm-hmm. I actually will sit there and choose a game yeah. to watch. But like for you, yeah. last week, you only had Patriots-Steelers well, in that I late mean, afternoon slot. It was the correct game to watch. Yeah, but, but during the commercials, you're going to switch over to the other one. That's what I do. No, during the commercials is when you get stuff done. Like uh, you I your laundry and stuff. I can't stand commercials. But the next game, the Rams and the Cardinals... I think this one's easy. Rams with the win, they will bounce back no matter yeah. how bad they've been the last two or three games. Yep, exactly. Mark's like playing nothing else to say. Then the last late afternoon game, the Steelers and the Saints. Steelers, 
Six-point underdogs, and you're thinking they were gonna—they're gonna lose this game, and the yeah. Saints are going thirteen and two. Well, you're, you're going into New Orleans, very tough to do, mm-hmm. and and I know that the Pittsburgh Steelers looked really good against the Patriots, but just before that, everybody That's was a little saying emotions behind that. Yeah, too. just before that, everyone's saying no, Pittsburgh's done. Mm-hmm. They're gonna lose this division to the Ram or to the Ravens. <laughs> to and the Rams, that would be still would be shocking. Totally possible. New Orleans Saints are looking absolutely uh, stunning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna minus go with, last week. I'm gonna go with the Saints as well, just because I'm not as ball. I'm not ballsy enough to pick the Steelers. Yes, I know they beat the Patriots, but that's an emotional win, and this is something mm-hmm. where, like I said, I said it last week. Oh, I'm not gonna pick the Steelers to beat them until they beat the Patriots. They beat the Patriots, and I'm still saying, yeah. ah, the Saints will beat them. Plus, let's be real here: the Jaguars beat the Patriots too. True, Jaguars are bad. To them. They yeah. got. Kissed out of the playoffs. Then we've got the Sunday night game: the Chiefs at eleven and three, Seahawks at eight and six in CenturyLink Field in Seattle, yep. Washington. Yes, the Chiefs are two and a half point favorites, but is there any chance the Seahawks get the upset at home against one of the hottest teams in football? Yeah, I'm going to go with it. I'm going to say the the that the Seattle Seahawks do it. I am as well because I want nice. the Chargers to like be the it. number one overall seed finally. In I don't the think AFC. it's going to happen, but I would love to see the Chargers get that uh, get that honor as well. And then the game nobody's going to watch unless you're a Denver Bronco or an Oakland Raider fan. And even at that point, you might say, "Hey, it's it's Christmas Eve. I ain't going to watch football today." But Monday or night you're going to be like, "I don't want to watch this football game, but I yeah. don't want to talk to my family." Christmas Eve action: the Broncos and the Raiders on Monday Night Football. Who you got in this meaningless matchup, the Broncos mm-hmm. or the Raiders? You know what I'll probably be doing instead of watching this game is mm-hmm. watching White Christmas because apparently that's oh, a I tradition. Love that movie. I'm not a huge fan of it. You it's don't like not that movie? bad. It's not bad, but some it's not good great. Old, that's some good old Bing Crosby, some Andrew good old Andrew Sisters. sisters. Yep. Hell yeah, man. Yep. The in-laws, they love that movie so much. Oh, I'm trying. Uh, and I just think it's okay. Oh, I'm trying to think of... Uh, Shoot, don't tell me. It's Bing Crosby, and is it, it's not Danny Cannell. What's the guy's name? Oh, I don't remember the um, other guy. The other actor? Danny Kane. That was it. Yep. I knew it was something like that, but Danny Kane. Oh, I love that movie, Mark. One of my favorite Christmas movies. It's a uh, Christmas Eve tradition all of a sudden. Uh, <laughs> and that's one of those times where I would be like, maybe I would rather watch this football game. Uh, but... I'm actually going to roll with the Raiders. Mm. I think the Raiders are going to mess up their chance <laughs> to be, you know, in all every single way. You know, the they're just going to Dallas the Cowboys the first overall right. Pick. The Dallas Cowboys get into the playoffs. The Bears have the potential to be the third or second seed in the mm-hmm. playoffs, and now they're going to mess it up themselves by beating the Broncos. Oh man, it is going to be a fun week for sure. But this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you guys think down below in the comment section. What games are you picking? What games are you? excited for and let us know if you're going to watch that christmas eve game maybe you're just a person that's like guys i love football so much i'm going to watch every game i don't care what it is and i respect you guys out there because i was definitely one of those especially when i was in my younger youth Mm -hmm. and uh i really did i was really a more optimistic person than i am right now but thank you guys for watching a little bit of housekeeping here at the end make sure to check out patreon.com backslash most valid podcast where you can help support MVP. You can also do so by getting yourself an MVP t-shirt down below in the description or at mostvaluablepodcast.com. You can get your MVP each and every day. Last but not least, make sure to go on to Apple Podcasts and iTunes and rate and review the Onside Kick. Thank you guys for watching on YouTube. Thank you guys for listening on podcast services around the world. And as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. 
follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.